Welcome back to another episode of the Virgin and the Beast podcast. Woo woo! Woo! I am so excited to have a very dear friend of mine join us today. Her name is Sophia. Hello, hello. I'm with hello. Sophia. <laughs> Indeed you are. Uh, Sophia Sophia and I have been friends since we were four years old. 21 years. Our friendship can drink. We should throw a drinking party for our friendships. We should. Cheers. I mean, all I have is water right now, but cheers cheers to to our water. We met in gymnastics class and I still remember the first time I saw you. That's cute. (laughs) I don't remember the first time I saw you, but I remember going on the teeter-totter together. So like, that's basically the same thing. I don't remember that, but you know, our memories will conjoin into a beautiful friendship birth moment. Exactly. And because our friendship has spanned such a long time, um, Sophia was actually the first person I went to the movies alone with when I was 12 years old. And you and I watched Kung Fu Panda together and it was awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I vaguely remember that. That's yeah. so funny. But anyway, we clearly have done a lot of things together, including like going to the movies a lot, which is why I think we watched 500 Days of Summer together, which Ooh. is the topic of our video today. It's interesting though, because I mean, we watched it when we were like 12 as like adolescents and we both recently just rewatched it as adults and I think it's a very different experience watching as an adult as compared to like a 12 year old. And so, 100%. yeah. And so we started like talking about it and I'm like, we should do a podcast episode about this. So, and here we are five days later, <laughs> here we are five <laughs> days later. <laughs> Fun. No, but I, I'm really excited about this. Cause I think this is so true on so many different standpoints. Um, and I think this is just like a great example of it, of looking back at things I watched when I was a kid or like books I read or like, I don't know, things I knew about as a kid. And now looking back and being like, oh my God, now that I know what like healthy relationship dynamics should vaguely look like, that is like missing the mark by a thousand miles. And it's like, why did I grow up being like, I want that? <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh my God. Like thinking back to the ways in which relationships were modeled in in media and in general and kind of like, oh, this is what I want. And then actually learning more about it. And it's like, yeah, that's not that they they are not compatible. (laughs) Also, I just think it's wild. Like that nobody, okay, this is my own beliefs and tangent, but like in high school, they teach you like so much random stuff, but why don't they teach you what a healthy relationship looks like? I feel like you could solve so many problems in a community by being like, so if someone says this to you, that that's a giant red flag. <laughs> because I feel like, I don't know, like, I mean, I've had like really healthy relationships for the most part, but like, I don't know, like dating, navigating in the beginning, it was just like, people would say things and looking back, I'm like, oh, oh, I really should have stopped things there and been like, what the heck are you thinking? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also consent I we're talking about this on a podcast earlier with Carly uh who you also know yeah I know Carly from middle school because I knew Carly before you knew Carly which I think is hilarious yeah so Carly and I did an episode called the virginity myth and this is something we talked about where they don't teach consent at all in in sex ed and they have this whole sex ed 
like thing of, oh, abstinence. And, and if you're lucky, maybe they'll talk about condoms and they, you know, go into depths with STIs, but there's, at least when we were in school, no mention of consent or what consent looks like. And I feel like that we have such a consent issue to today. And like, that would be such an important thing. And, and that's an, even another level that I didn't even think about is teaching what healthy relationships look like. I took uh, psychology in high school and learned a lot about psychology basics, but nowhere was there any mention of what a healthy relationship looks like even in there. Anyway, we're on a whole tangent, <laughs> but I just want to ask, cause I'm very curious myself because I had to stop myself from asking you about this movie after we rewatched it. Cause I'm like, I am so curious to hear what your thoughts are. So what are your like first impression, first thoughts about rewatching it this time around? Um, well, first of all, I took six pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> I felt bad for my roommate watching it with me because I had to pause it every 30 seconds when I like wrote down all the lines. I think my first takeoff is it was very refreshing and absolutely lovely to have the straight man played as a younger girl because his sister was the voice of like reality. Wait, sorry. Say, say that say that again you said the, the straight man played by the younger girl so like it's a character second. in a lot of movies they tend to write in a straight man because like i don't know like movies and tv are very like theatrical and like i don't know exaggerated things happen so they like to write in a character and they call it the straight man and it's the person that's the view of reality um but like oh, it tends i, I to took be this as like a heterosexual man. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> I could be using the wrong term too, but I've always known it as like this, this straight man. I don't know. Yeah, it does yeah, sound very no. like he's a man and he likes women. I <laughs> know. Yeah, I, I thought you meant the straight man is in Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, and that. But you mean like the 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 role of like oh, telling it how it is. Yeah. Yeah. She was so cool. I loved her. <laughs> she was really cool. Yeah. I also took took notes as well, and like that that line of like, just cause some cute girl likes the same weird crap as you that doesn't make you her soulmate. Like that line is so good. She, she just like whipped stuff into reality every time. It was so cool. She just like, oh, okay. My favorite one. Where is it? Where is it? Um, bu -bu -bu -bu. I have so many quotes written down. Bear with me here. <laughs> That's great. Bu -bu 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 -bu. I love it. Um, why am I looking for it? I already know the line by heart. <laughs> no, I just remember. But she was like, he was one who didn't know if he was in a relationship or not. And so his buddies were asking him like, oh, is she your girlfriend? Which this is something that pisses me off. Uh, he started hating on it. He was like, oh, what did he say? He was like, oh, like we're two people with feelings for each other. We don't need like a label, like boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't you think that's a little juvenile? Like making someone feel stupid for like a falling in line with that? Which I just thought was so funny because it, that's such a thing people do in middle school is someone has something that you don't have and you want you you make it sound like it's dumb you know what I mean like yeah. it's like such a jealousy thing and so it switched straight from that scene to him asking his sister what he, sh he should do yeah. and his sister was straight up like you should talk to her but you don't want to because you don't want to hear something that you don't want to hear and it's going to break your illusion like shatter your illusion because he's living in an illusion anyways that was funny I thought she was like Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And that's great too. Cause he's like, oh, like don't be juvenile, whatever. And then he's asking her for advice and, and she is literally a juvenile person <laughs> and she knows what's up. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really cool that I love about this movie is 
the way that it's filmed and the way that the story is told is very artistic and very smart and cunning. Like, for example, as you said, they have this conversation and then it cuts to that. Or like, for example, there'll be reversals of certain uh, phrases that are told in one way and then told in a different way. Like the, oh, I love her hair. I love her smile. I love her this. And then that gets change to I hate her smile I hate her this just because she didn't want something serious and that's a whole other topic to Mm -hmm. go down of like the nice guy trope but things like that and also like the whole like oh the sink's not working and then it cuts to a previous like they're in Ikea that scene in Ikea where they're like oh oh also I forgot to say this earlier but like there's going to be spoilers in this episode. So if you, if you want to watch. <laughs> okay. Also, they've had 10 years to watch this movie. <laughs> it's not like it's like this new breakout. Like, have you gotten a chance to watch it yet? We're talking about a very specific rom-com from 10 years ago that you've either watched or you're not going to watch. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but also yeah. go watch it. But also, but also, there's no spoilers in the movie because the movie starts with them breaking up. I mean, yeah. like, the spoiler, she gets married, but, like, yeah. we already knew they weren't going to work out, so, yeah. in a sense, it spoils its own spoilers. Does that make sense? That yeah, doesn't. no, and that makes sense. <laughs> and, and that also goes to, like, the the high point of the movie isn't its plot line. It's the way that the story is told and the messages that it has and how it subverts, how it shows certain behaviors, like the middle school behavior you were talking about, and then, like, subverts that. But um, the way in which scenes are cut and, and the way that things are told, I think, is, like, pretty interesting and and different from what we usually see from that genre so I also think they did a lot of symbolism through the movie I don't know if you notice this Summer always wears blue that is like her thing she always wears blue and in scenes when they're doing well she wears blue and white and things scenes that they're not doing well she wears black and blue and I thought that was interesting that you could tell if they were going to be doing like if he was like falling in love with her more in that scene or if they were like gonna get in a fight based off of the colors of her clothes that was interesting it's so cool. It's such a cool detail. And that just goes to show like the, the intricacy of the storytelling in, in this movie. Yeah. Um, okay. So can I go on a giant rant? <laughs> yes, please do. So I have a lot of opinions about this that I think are different than other people's opinions. Uh, he gave me hella Romeo vibes, like a hundred percent Romeo vibes. And as someone who's been in like over 16 Shakespearean productions, cause I was homeschooled. <laughs> And I really love Shakespeare. I think Romeo and Juliet was written as, on a satire of love. Like it's about two 14 year olds that met three days ago that are willing to kill themselves over love because they're just so infatuated and don't like can't see their lives living without someone they met three days ago. And Romeo literally starts off the play being in love with Rosaline, like head over heels, like no one else exists, only his love for Rosaline and he's struggling so much because she doesn't love him back. And then he like gets super infatuated with someone else who also happens to be infatuated with them. So they're like, oh my God, like freaking out. And then they kill themselves because they're 14 and don't know how to handle their emotions because no one taught them what a healthy relationship looks like. Anyways, he just gave me hella Romeo vibes the whole entire time of just like touching back on like how he's incapable of hearing anything he doesn't want to hear. It just like cracked me up. They had that dumbass fight that I just thought was irritating all the way around because it was just irritating to watch because it was just like, this is a breakdown. And then he, she comes and apologizes, which I thought was dumb that she apologized because she shouldn't apologize. She should be able to date a man or like ask to be dating someone that can emotionally communicate instead of just watch someone be very uncomfortable and not stick up for someone 
and then just be like, I'm not going to use my words. I'm just going to randomly punch him at the end in a panic because I have to be a man. Like that was, we can get into that later. But anyways, so they're having this fight about this scene and he thinks that he deserves an award for punching this guy, even though he watched this guy disgustingly hit on the girl he loves and didn't say anything and just watched it happen, which I'm not saying that because you're dating someone, you need to be like the knight in shining armor and save come in and save the girl no i'm saying if someone did that to my friend i would say something like this has nothing to do with love this has to do with if it's anyone like don't be a bystander to someone being disgusting to someone like be a person that cares about other human beings not just like the girl you're dating but anyways they get in a fight about it and she ends up apologizing for it. and then i was so proud of him in that moment after she apologized he did the most amount of communicating he did in the whole entire relationship and he says I'm uncomfortable. I don't, these aren't the exact words, but he's pretty much saying I'm uncomfortable because I don't care if you're my girlfriend or not, but I need some sort of security that you're just gonna decide you don't have feelings for me one day and walk away. And I was like, wow, you're discussing your fears and saying them. And this is like actually healthy communication. And to which she responds, I'm sorry, I cannot give you that. He does not hear it and starts making out with her. <laughs> That is the theme throughout the whole movie. The whole movie, she says, from the beginning, I don't want something serious. Even when they were kissing in Ikea, she, after they kiss, she's like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Is that okay? And he says, yes. And a theme throughout is her saying, I don't want something serious. And him just not listening and trying to talk himself into it. And then trying to think that he can like change her or something. And yeah. And there were like parts where she probably could have done a better job communicating and checking in. But at the same time, like that's a two person job. Like if you feel like, oh, she's changing her mind, maybe ask her about it. You know, like yeah. communication is a two way street. <laughs> yeah. And that reminds me of the scene where when they're in the car and he says like, he basically says, what are we? And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I don't know. I'm happy. Aren't you happy? Which I thought was very interesting because that that was also him. I felt like that was another moment where he was trying to like communicate his needs. And she was being honest, but also I feel like she was also in some ways being a bit like, she, like she didn't give him a concrete answer. Yeah. And he he could have decided at that moment, like, okay, I need something more so not substantial, but I need something more concrete. I need something that has more definition. And he could have decided to walk away at that point, but he didn't. And I think that's another kind of show of kind of like, it takes two to tango. And that scene is also so interesting because at later on in the relationship, but really early on in the movie, there's that phrase where he repeats that back to her in the diner when he's, I'm sorry, I'm like stumbling all over my words, but (laughs) He then says to her, I'm happy, aren't you happy? Which is what she said to him. And so it's that like mere reflection, but then she's like, no, I'm not. And so she's kind of, she kind of had, takes power in both of those situations, which I think is interesting. Yeah. There's a scene where she's like, oh, like we're, we're just friends having sex. And he's like, no, I get a say in this too. And I say we're a couple, God damn yeah. it. Which was very interesting scene. Maybe because- very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of that scene where he asked what they are, but it's just like mm-hmm. a totally different side of that token in the sense of him. It's one of the few times where he asserts his needs, but when he asks her, 
that's like a more appropriate way of doing that versus mm-hmm. yeah him continue I feel like when he says that that's an emotional outburst of him suppressing it for so long and not communicating his yeah. needs. So that was interesting because it's like, okay, good. You're, you're communicating your needs, but that is not the way to do that. Yeah. You get a say, but so does she, and you're just not listening. Yeah. Well, okay. I, here's one thing I do want to say about that scene. A, it made me uncomfortable because her answer wasn't nice. Like I felt like when she said, we're just friends sleeping together, their relationship, whatever it was grew something more emotional and they hadn't checked in for a while, but it bothered me because that was a hurtful. And I was like, Ooh, that was a... That was a hurtful move you made. And then he just went and made it worse. You know, it was like one of those things. It's like, you know, like, it's just like, it wasn't great on either end, but like, that was the worst way for him to respond. And yeah, like he gets to say too, but it's not like one of those things. It's like, oh, you disagree. Flip of the coin. Who wins? Like, it's like, no, she doesn't want to be in a relationship and you do. Your voice doesn't matter in that anymore because it, you know, do you know what I mean? Like you don't have a say anymore. (laughs) She doesn't two want people a have to have a say in order for yeah. a relation two people have to want a relationship in order for a relationship to happen yeah and yeah it just made me really yeah. uncomfortable that he said what they were like it was yeah. like a demand and i was mm-hmm. like bitch no one demands me in a relationship with me you know kind of thing yeah and then it bothered me so much that she apologized after that like that mm. bothered me but he then had the only communication that was healthy that he really had in the whole movie which i thought was funny and then didn't listen to what she said. Yeah. Ah. She was like, yeah, I can't give you that. He's like, cool. Okay. Let's make out. And, have and, but, and but then, then she did start flirting with him and touching him. And, and she's like, oh, does that hurt? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no. And then, so yeah. it was kind of both of them after that point. I think, cause I don't want to like paint her on a pedestal of like, he didn't want to listen and she communicated and he just could not compute. But she could have communicated more. Like, I felt like there was a couple times where I was like, mm, this is confusing. The like, wedding? The, with the wedding, but also before that when, so so before they like hook up the first time, um, they get like drunk and she's like, hey, your friend said you like me. Like, do you actually like me? And he was like, yeah, as friends. And she was like, just as friends. And he was like, yeah, as friends, which was so obvious that like, that is not what he was thinking. And he, she like takes that moment to lay a boundary. And that was great. And she was like, yeah, I really like you, but just as a friend and I want to stay just friends. But then she like makes out with him the next day in the middle of the office. And I was like, okay, that's really confusing. And I think he should have listened and had more conversations, but she did do like a little things to lead him on every now and then like that. And then the wedding, where she was totally being flirtatious. So this is at the end, they've broken up. He's like trying to get her back, head over heels in love with her. Like the whole world has ruptured. Like your first breakup is horrible. Your whole world ruptures. And then he's like in that place and then he sees her and it's like, oh my God, she's wearing white, which means they're falling in love again. They're laughing, they're giggling. It's spontaneous. They're at a wedding together. It's beautiful. And she invites him to a party and he's like, oh my God, we're getting back together. Cause he's just talking about getting back together with her the whole time. And then she invites him to a party at her house uh, later that week. And in between the wedding and that party, she gets engaged. And so he sees like the ring on her finger at that party. And he's like devastated because he thought he was getting back together. She never said they were getting back together, but she was being a little flirty. Yeah. And she, I, when I first watched that, I actually thought it was an engagement party. And I was like, oh, she invited him to her, her engagement yeah, party and then, and then didn't tell her that she was engaged. That's and I, I was like, oh my God, 
but uh, but then we later realized that it was just a normal party and she had just yeah. gotten the ring um, it just happened to happen like because we never yeah. meet her husband or see her husband I think we do very briefly during one of my favorite scenes the expectation versus reality scene like yes. that we, that's a whole other thing to talk about <laughs> uh, but during that scene, there's like this guy that comes up and he's, they seem to be a bit relationshipy, but also it could have been just some guy that she was talking to showing her ring to, but he, if that is him, we never hear him talk. We never see their love story. We know like the love story between Summer and her fiance, like, yeah, he's, he is very downplayed, even if that is him. Yeah. Um, um, something I want to bring up, and I'm so excited yes. to discuss this with you specifically. Ooh. He reminds me of me because I was there when I was 12. <clears throat> so in the movie, it has how the how the night plays out and what he imagined the night would be back to back, and you're seeing two screens. And do you ever like remember being 12 and someone you like texted you or like you were gonna do something? Like I remember, okay, so in high school I was like in love with my best friend, but um and I think he like liked me at some point. It's all very confusing and I don't understand looking back on it. But we were friends and he asked me to the movies and he knew I liked him. And we were, where am I going with this? Did I just get lost in a moment? Um, no, it's oh, fine. I totally, keep going. Yeah, I totally imagined that whole day and like how that would happen. And I always like, if I was given something like a glimmer of hope, I imagined our wedding, you know, like I was, mm -hmm. I was, had imagined everything and I feel like that was such a thing like when I first started liking people like that was everything you know like all I thought about was that person or like everything was like so infatuated and well yeah we all have expectations and like all those things but like the way he approaches it specifically reminds me of my emotional maturity at the age mm -hmm. of 12 you know like this like I don't know like it's not even like expect it, it yeah it's having this expectation and then expecting it to happen and then being absolutely devastated as if you've been curved like I don't know like yeah hit out of nowhere and you deserve this and it was taken away from you and your whole world has melted you know I don't know that yeah. that was the the impression that I got from him yeah yeah that makes sense wait did you want to continue the story about uh the movie theater oh I don't even remember it. Like, okay. well, I was just saying that, like, I don't know, like, I was given something and I feel like I was given an inch and I took a mile in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I feel like I've done that too. I'm trying to think, I think that's something also that's gotten same, like better with age. Like I think back to like my freshman year of college versus now of how like I reacted to situations, I guess. And like, also, I would, I would always get so nervous, like talking to people and being around like people that I liked. Like, I remember my freshman year of college, there was this guy I really liked and we went on a date and like everything had like lined up well. And then once like the date was great, but I was like so nervous and I liked him so much. And this had been building for months and months. Like we'd had like, we were we met and we we're like friends and we we're having this texting flirtation whatever thing going on and we were in the same extracurricular so we'd see each other and and then finally it like we're on this date and on the way back he like opened up and told me something like pretty 
personal. I mean, it wasn't like super intense, but oh my god, like, vulnerability. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a vulnerable, vulnerable moment, and I was so nervous. And I'm just like, oh my god, I need to, I need to say the right thing. Like this is such an intense moment, and I just got so overwhelmed with the intensity of, of like expectations of what I should say that I don't think I even said anything. Or if I said anything, it was like. I just got so nervous. I just like kind of like shut down. And then we didn't end up having a date after that. I mean, we talked about it, but then things kind of fell apart after that. And I was like, oh my God, like why things fall apart? And I'm like, he literally opened up to you and you like, didn't even like say anything. Like if that was a conversation I was having with one of my friends, I would have like totally said like, oh my God, like that's like, do you want to talk more about that? Or like, thanks for sharing that. Or like, oh, what was that like? Like, you know, it would have like gone deeper with that and like shown an empathetic, normal human response, but I just like shut down. And to go, to go back to the point of rejection in 500 days of summer, his reaction to her rejection of what he wanted, her rejection of being in a relationship. Right. And I think this kind of ties into that nice guy trope that I was talking about of, of when the woman of their affection or object of their affection. And in the case of like being on a dance floor or something and a random guy comes up to you and they don't get what they want, then turning towards sour and hatred, like, oh, she's a bitch or, oh, like you, like that thing from, I love her smile. I love her, her knees. I love her birthmark to, I hate her smile. I hate her eyes. I hate her knees. And, and, you know, being on a dance floor and some guy coming up to you asking to dance or, or being assertive and then a woman like turning him down and then being like, oh, fuck you or something and walking away. Like, that's kind of what I was talking about in terms of like, a guy thinking that because he's nice to someone, he deserves sex or a relationship. And then when they don't get that, then like turning sour. hundred percent. Also, I think that was like totally seen also in like the beginning of the movie when you first see her and mm-hmm. he's talking to his friend and his friend's like, I bet she's a raging bitch. Yeah. Because they think she's hot and they do not think they have any chance with her. So they just start talking about how they think she's a bitch. And I just thought that was so rude. I think, I don't know how much this is true in the case of 500 Days of Summer, but just in, in the case of that whole nice, nice guy trope in general, it, it is kind of like, okay, maybe this is going on like a feminist rant, but it like, it kind of like objectifies a woman as a sexual object and something like to be, to be something that you take stuff from rather than just another human being and that whole trope of oh don't get friend zoned and oh like don't be friends with women as if like being friends with a woman and not getting some sort of sexual or romantic thing is like bad like why is that something that's looked down upon yeah yeah my friend was talking about that the other day too and she just thought it was so funny like why are all these people saying you can only be friends with you can't just be friends with a guy she was like i like to have friends with guys or be friends with guys i also have a lot of friends that are girls and there's nothing to do with that and i'm a lesbian i was like it's so true because it's like that would be the equivalent to her and another friend that's a girl and she has so many friends that are girls so it's just like i don't know not romantic at all and like I don't know, I'm queer, and like I have friends with both that I'm like totally chilling with. I also do have a problem with being friends with a guy. And this is oh, makes me mad. Oh my god, this is so relevant. Okay, I've had this happen like twice to me, that I just okay. think it's funny. 
is I've been friends with guys and I've told them I'm not in a place where I want to be in a relationship and I'm not looking for that at all. And they apparently liked me. And so I ended up being in a relationship later and they were like, oh my God, what do you, you said you didn't want to be in a relationship. And they were mad about it, which just really pissed me off. Because also, I've been in, like, two long-term relationships, and both times I've gotten in those relationships, I didn't want to get in a relationship. I was not looking for a relationship. I was actively not. Um, but I met the people that worked, and so I was like, yeah, like, I'm going to make an exception because this feels right. And I think that's totally fair to find something you weren't looking for. And I just think it's funny that I've lost friends over that. Like, I had a good friend that stopped talking to me, and I'll try to reach out to him still, and he won't talk to me. I was like, we were really good friends. And I knew that he thought it was cute, and I told him that. And I guess I also need to get better at rejecting people. I'm horrible at rejecting people, and my go-to is I'm not looking for a relationship, which is true. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's... I mean, it's my bad that I need to also say, like, but I just feel like that's so hard to be like, I'm not looking for a relationship. With you. <laughs> when I am, it won't be with you. Yeah. Like, I need to figure out a delicate and kind way to say that. But I also think it's weird that if someone does reject you and does say that, that they're like, okay, so I'm going to wait. You know? And then you're like, they're like, I waited, but you got somebody else. I'm upset. And I'm like, well, what do you want from me? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is kind of like that that balance like if you tell someone like like you didn't say wait for me or you like yeah. that was not you were like this is not gonna happen but then they kind of took it as okay I'm gonna still try kind of like how Tom was told this is not gonna blossom into a relationship but he still tried but then again like they might have like if you would as you said it's really harsh but if you had said like this isn't going to happen between us. Like it, it's just not going to ever happen ever. Like maybe that would have stopped them. But then again, it's like, okay, like, so now that I'm not available now, you don't want to be friends with me anymore as if like, but then there, I feel like there's two sides to that. Cause there's a side of, were you only friends with me because like you wanted something from me, but then it also yeah. might be the other side of maybe it was just too painful for them to be around you when you're with someone else and they just couldn't handle that. And so they needed to just shut it off uh, yeah. for a while, which also is like, you know, yeah, I had like, okay. So I lost two friends over that the last mm -hmm. time I got into a relationship and um, yeah, I just think it's funny because one person I was friends with when I started dating my current partner, um, but we didn't hang out all together. And then we like hung out all together and they got along really well. But once that happened, we stopped hanging out as much. And our friendship very much, we used to hang out all the time and went to like not hanging out at all. I moved to another country, came back, had messaged them like multiple times when I came back, like, hey, miss you, let's hang out. Like, um, how you doing? And I messaged them when I was over there, like, how you doing? No response at all, which I just thought was weird because I was like, Bro, we were buds. Like, we were really good friends. I don't know. I also gave some solid reasons because he was older than me. And I was like, bro, you want to start family. I'm 22. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also rejected someone my freshman year um, saying the same thing. But I also, like, I get it. If I'm friends with that person, I should probably give them more of an explanation and, like, shut that down more because I think that that's a lot healthier for a friendship. I'm not saying that that's all on me, but I'm saying that there, there's always a better way to approach it from both sides, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that I could have approached that a little bit better. I don't blame myself for it. 
But my freshman year, I did let someone down easy that way. They were my RA. They had already dated two people in the building. And we were like talking about, I don't know, bad luck with um, like dating. And he took that as flirtatious, which I get that that could be a flirtatious conversation. But I remember looking back and being like, whoa, I did not think that we were having a flirtatious conversation. I thought you were really frustrated with dating and was like, I'm done with this. Like, can I talk to you about how crappy my dating experience has been? So mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I don't want to date anyone either right now either. So let's talk shit about this. Um, anyways, and then he like, I think, I don't remember. This is so long ago. I think he like texted me asking me out, but I told him that I wasn't looking, I didn't want to date anyone. I wasn't looking for anything. I started dating someone like, I think like two weeks later, which again, that was the honest truth at the time, but I made an exception for someone. But also like, you're my RA, that's a power position. You've already dated people on my floor. Are you like just here to date people? Like this is inappropriate on so many different levels, but it's also weird because I live right next to you and you do rounds on my floor that I'm now dating someone who was like pissy about it. And I got written up for something my roommate did because. So anyways, my then boyfriend was in the dorm room when my roommate got written up for something and I was asleep. Uh, but I got written up for it too. It was like smoking in the dorm room, which I thought was hilarious because I I don't smoke cigarettes at all because I have horrible, horrible asthma. So it would just like, it's, it's absolutely nothing. And I got written up for it too. And I remember we talked to the person in charge of the whole hall, which was like the RD. And they were like, do you understand like that that's hurtful for people? There's people on our floor that could have asthma. And I was like, I have asthma and I didn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> But I just thought it was funny that he was salty about that. So he wrote me up. Yikes. Anyways, that's not taking rejection. Wow. Uh, I had something to say about him taking rejection, but I... Oh, okay. So tying it all back. So I think it's weird when... um, And I'm not saying this is just guys, because this is a human trait that people do in general. Uh, But I feel like I see it more in guys. Not calling you out. There's some fantastic guys out there. Anyways, so there are like some toxic masculinity traits that are apparent in yep anyways so (laughs) continue um and I think it's really apparent at the end because like this idea of like to have someone and to like obtain like like it's an object and he so he's like asking her so at the end we find out she got married which is like wild because that's so against everything that she stood for and communicated Mm -hmm. and he was like you weren't able to be my girlfriend. You told me you couldn't be someone's girlfriend. That's why you weren't my girlfriend. And now you're able to be someone's wife. Like if I can't have you, why can someone else have you? Like, Mm. I thought that was like so double standard because I don't know, we're all people and we're all on our journey. And I'm not saying she grew into that perspective. Like, like her perspective before was like a juvenile perspective. And then she grew to be mature because that's not at all what it was. It was, her situation and her view on life changes as you go through life and it's just different. It's fluctuating. It's, it's not growing in like a straight up motion, but like just moving around, you know, growing like a vine, not a tree. Yeah. 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 I love that. Growing like a vine, not a tree. Um, and so I feel like her perspective changed and he like, didn't want that to happen. And I thought what she said was brilliant because that's what love is. And that's what, navigating relationships is is sometimes there's not words sometimes there's not reasons sometimes it's not always the other person sometimes it's where your life is is in general but she was like I woke up one day and knew 
that I wanted to marry him because I woke up and felt something that I never felt woke up and felt with you. And that's totally accurate. Like someone can totally be your ideal person on paper and like something that seems like it'll work so well. Like the little sister saying, just because someone has all the same interests as you doesn't mean that that's like love. But like, yeah, if someone like, I don't know, you seem to work out on paper doesn't mean that they want to marry you. Yeah. And even if sometimes, even if it, if sometimes there is a lot of chemistry or whatever, sometimes if someone doesn't want the same thing that you do and, and they're not, if they're not as into you as you are into them and they don't want the same things, then they're not the right person for you. At least at that point, maybe at some point later you'll like, cause I've seen that with some relationships and friends where they'll like one person's like, dating someone else or one person's this and they just keep kind of missing each other and then like 10 years later they end up like getting married um but I, I do think that that's not always like that's I think that's more of the exception rather than the happening that doesn't make any sense but um <laughs> I was gonna say the rule but like rule sounded weird so I said happening instead but you know the, the common thing I don't even know where I was going with that yeah, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. No, you're I good. Really I've have done that pee. while talking. Like, I need a pee too. Do you want to go pee? So Sophia and I took a pee break, and we're back. Going back to the re- rejection piece. One time, I had this experience where I was at like some frat party, and I was dancing. And um, so I don't know why my voice is shaky. This isn't a scary story, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually like a good need, story. Ooh, like mood music in the background. At a frat party. And anyway, so I was dancing with my friends. Sorry, my notepad just fell. I was (laughs) dancing with my friends, and some guy like came up to me and he basically asked to dance, which I thought was kind (gasps) of cute. But I didn't really want to dance with him. And so I said no. And he was like, oh, okay. And he just kept like dancing in our vicinity because he was friends with like one of my other friends that was there. So he just like was fine and he wasn't like sour about it. And I was like, I was so refreshed because I was so used to like people, like, you know, being all upset when you reject them. And he was still nice to me. Um, No, but you know what that reminds me of? So in me and Serena's many beautiful years of friendship, when we were in middle school, we used to go to these middle school dances called The Stop. And... You know, it was like grinding central. And me and Serena yeah. weren't grinders. We were interpretive dancers in a field of grinders. So everyone is, <laughs> you know, really getting up on each other because it's middle school and it's everywhere. And then we're like really feeling the music in our fingers and our toes and it's flowing <laughs> through us. And we look real cool. So cool that we attracted some attention. And so this guy comes up and starts dancing on Serena and Serena's like, doesn't want to grind with him. So she like dances away and he kept on trying to dance on her. So I walk up to him in a very, okay. I also, I was also as tall as I am now and I'm pretty tall. So I was very intimidating and I've also been pretty strong for my size and age always. And I, yeah, I also am very loud. (laughs) So I came in very physically intimidating and very loud and was like, you <laughs> I don't want to shout because I don't want to hurt anyone's ears but I very very sternly shouted at this person you need to stand over there and I pointed to an empty spot on the dance floor and he just walked over and, just stood, there. and stood there where I think like 
you from younger Zarina. <laughs> I think like now, like I understand the situation so much more that that was like not okay. That you didn't want to dance with them. We kept on dancing with you. I don't think I even like interpreted it as that. It was just like my friend's uncomfortable. Get away. You know, yeah. like it was very like a... And then I was like, ha, huh, that's funny that I did that. And then I felt kind of mean for it too. But now looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was so inappropriate. And as a 13 year old boy who has a no, I mean, I don't know about his family and stuff, but in school, he certainly didn't get any education about consent or how to like approach people and dance. So the only thing they said about dancing was like, no grinding, no freaking. They didn't say anything about if you approach someone and they don't want to dance with you, you should stop. Like, you know, it. Yeah. Also, and I think this relates so well to like the 500 Days of Summer movie because like I feel like it's such a like an old school mindset that we haven't really graduated from of like it's like how to phrase this. It's inappropriate for a woman to pursue a man and a man has to pursue a woman and then the woman's supposed to be like not interested but in like a really cute delicate way and like you're supposed to like turn them down like two or three times before. It, it, I don't know. That's that's like totally a thing in like old school movies and like how like courtships work and stuff like that. And it's irritating because it's like, well, what happens if you actually don't want to? Dude, the notebook, like he literally hangs from a Ferris wheel to get her to go out with him. It's so problematic and it's seen as so romantic in the movies. Okay, can our part two be the notebook? Because <laughs> that's wild you saying that because I've been thinking about rewatching the notebook because I'm like, wow, I thought it was like so romantic and she should have totally gone with her him. But looking back, I'm like, I wonder if my thought of who she should end up with would be drastically different. Yeah, I rewatched it at like, I don't know, like sometime either in college, I think, or maybe like 16, 17. I remember watching, it. I think it was in college and I was watching it like, oh my God, like, especially at the beginning, like when he's courting her, I'm like, this is like pretty problematic. <laughs> like, I'm like, this isn't very romantic. Something I'm curious about, like if we do uh, watch it and talk about it is mm. I remember I saw a clip recently and it was like, her trying to leave and be like, I'm with someone. And he like gets her away from the car, shuts the door and stands in between her and the car. Oh. And he does say like, if you want that life, like go for it. But his, she's like, we're always fighting. And he's like, yeah, that's what we do. Oh, and I just think it's weird. Yeah. Cause I do remember them fighting all the time. And I think that like, cause fighting is a part of a relationship. Yes. Like you can't like live with, like, let's say be married and live with someone or just like have a life partner and live with someone for your whole entire life and never get in a fight. Like you have to learn how to communicate and stuff. Um, but like fighting a lot shouldn't necessarily yeah. be something you're like, but it's okay. Cause they do it. I don't know. Like, yeah. like I oh, thought the that passion. that was a part of, yeah. Like it's a part of being passionate is like fighting, which in reality, communicating is a great alternative. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. Something else I want to talk to you about though, yes. is this idea of pioneering and why I say this is, and we've touched on this a little bit earlier, but they're laying in the bed. He's like, realizes he's like the first person to go into her uh, apartment. And he's realizing that these are stories that aren't rehearsed that he, she's opening up to at the same time. Right. Yeah. 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 And sometimes I think, cause like, I don't know, like when I'm dating someone and it's new, like I'm really excited that they're opening up. And if they tell me something they haven't told anyone before, I, I, it feels special, you know? But I think that there's also sometimes like it, there's the side of it that feels special and the side of it 
that also is like, I'm the first. <laughs> you know? And it really reminds me of like this idea of pioneering in dating and relationships because people get really excited to be the first. Like, you know how people like to collect, like I, I this was more of a thing in like high school and college, but people like to like collect people's virginities. I feel like that's pioneering. And I think that that's disgusting. Yeah, I was about to say that feels weird. And like, you can totally feel really special to be someone's first. Like that is totally mm. fair. And like, that's really special if that feels special. Mm. But I also think it's weird if it's something to collect. Like, I don't know. I yeah. just think that there is pioneering in the dating game. Yeah, it's like, this isn't Neopets. This is, these are people <laughs> in a relationship. Gotta collect them all. Some Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, she's not Pikachu, bro. Like... <laughs> She's a full-grown adult with emotional capacity. And it's interesting when, when she tells him and she's like, oh, I've never said that to anyone before. He goes, well, maybe I'm not just anybody. And he makes it kind of about him rather yeah. than about her. Yeah, and I totally get feeling special that someone feels safe enough. But it is like very much so, t it, it feels like it's making it about you as a collector. Yeah. Rather than like, I don't know, someone feeling comfortable. Yeah, but someone sharing that, like, I agree, that is a very special moment. And as, you know, I shared earlier, when someone that I was romantically interested in shared something vulnerable with me, I could see how important that was. And I just freaked out and just like, computer, stop processing, you know, like, um, I didn't even know how to handle it. At, at that point, I was like 18. Um, but and it was just because of the pressure of the certain situation that it is. And I think it's because I had been like, oh my God, like this is a guy I really like, and he's sharing this thing with me. And I have to, I have to be very careful about how I respond in this thing. Whereas I said, if it was a friend, it would have gone completely differently. And I think it's interesting, the mindsets that we place ourselves in, in dating versus just meeting people just in, in general in life mm -hmm. and kind of going on a tangent there. But well, no, I feel like that's like... Yeah, yeah, it's like learning how to communicate takes a really fucking long time and I'm still learning about it. But mm. it's also like learning how to communicate with somebody else is hard within dating because there's all these like rules that like you're supposed to care but not care too much and you want to seem invested but you don't want to seem too invested and you want to seem available but not too available and there's all these lines you need to watch. Mm -hmm. And so like you don't like you want to make someone feel comfortable but not too comfortable because you don't want them to run away like it's one of those things that you're afraid mm -hmm. that if you squeeze too hard it'll it'll disappear um mm -hmm. but there's a really delicate line of how to make sure you don't do that and so mm -hmm. you want to say something that makes them feel comfortable but also like there's always this fear that if you say anything or seem interested or see like in a sense comforting that you're gonna scare them off <laughs> yeah it's just there's just so much fear either way <laughs> yeah and I feel yeah. like that was like when I was like young and like 18 like that was such a looming thing over my head that it was like a I don't want to seem like I care too much but I care but like it's not even that you're like want to seem cooler than them you don't want them to run away <laughs> yeah 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 that's a good point Maybe there was a bit of that with Tom too, of him like, cause th there's a scene right before they sleep together. He's like, okay, like she wants to keep casual, like calm down, settle down, like keep it mm -hmm. casual. Um, but obviously he, he doesn't. 
Yeah. Okay. So Sophie and I have actually been filming. We just finished filming and it's been over three hours. <laughs> so we decided to make a part one and a part two. So thank you for listening in this far. Um, there will be a part two, which depending on when you're listening may or may not already be out. Um, so yeah, but if it's not keep your eyes or ears peeled for that, where we talk more about 500 days of summer and relationships. So thank you again so much for listening. Thank you, Sophia, for joining us today. So Sophia actually has a Instagram where she posts pictures and reels and a lot of fun content around plants and gardening. And I really like the content. It's super fun. And as you can probably tell from this episode, she's a very like bright, sunshiny kind of person. And that like comes across in her posts. And it's just like a little like dash of serotonin in your feed when you're on Instagram. So um, you can check her out there at Sophia's Green Garden. But yeah, that will be linked in the description. And she also has a YouTube channel where she's made two different videos. (laughs) Do you want to talk more about that? Uh, I've made one video about politics and one about me dissecting the sunflower quarantine while I had COVID. Yes. (laughs) There may be more content in either direction. I haven't decided. They're both really fun. Um, Even though they're very different, they're both good watches. So (laughs) her YouTube video will be linked. um, Not YouTube video. Her YouTube channel will be linked below as well. If you enjoyed this episode, maybe like, share, subscribe, all of those fun things, and maybe share this episode with a fellow friend that you watched 500 days of 500 days of summer with like 10 years ago and, and share it with them and rewatch it and talk about what you think about it. Please rewatch it with a friend, like with friends. And then you should take a picture of your rewatching party and tag Virgin and the Bees. I think yes. that'd be great. Please do. Please do. Yes. Tag us. We are on Instagram at the Virgin and the Bees podcast. And you spell out the and rather than use an ampersand because Instagram does not let you use ampersands in usernames, which is unfortunate. But yes, definitely tag us story, post, whatever. And let us know what you thought about it. Totally okay. If you disagree with me, you can let me know. I don't mind. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for listening, for watching. Stay tuned for part two and keep on buzzing. Woo! Have a beautiful day. Bye.